0: On today's show, redrafting the top 10 of the 2019 NHL draft class, and Derek Neumeyer from McKean's Hockey comes on to discuss the WHL's pool of talent. All coming up on Locked On NHL Prospects.
1: You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this podcast, I break down everything prospects related for you five days a week, Monday to Friday. I'm Hattie Kalakesh. I'm a scout and prospect analyst across multiple platforms, including this one. And I've got a good one for you today. First off, I'm going to be going back to the 2019 NHL draft and redrafting the top 10 for you uh, with explanations and analysis on um, why I would take this prospect ahead of that one and and sort of each of those picks in order uh, within the top 10 with honorable mentions as well. And then we've got another special guest in this episode and the next, McKean's Hockey's Assistant Director of Scouting and Senior West Regional Scout Derek Newmeyer, will be coming on to discuss prospects with us. I wanted to dedicate a couple episodes to the WHL's deep pool of talent, and I can't really think of a better scout to talk about the WHL with than Derek. Um, but before we get into any of that, just make sure to like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube and to follow along on your favorite podcasting platforms and make us your first listen of the day. It's always much appreciated. So let's get right into it. I wanted to start with my honorable mentions. And to be honest, this was a very tough exercise at the bottom end of this of this top 10. The three honorable mentions I'm going to mention were very close to cracking the top 10, but I opted for different players uh, for reasons I'm going to explain in just a sec. So in terms of my honorable mentions, I've got Spencer Knight. Um, who uh, went 13th overall to the Florida Panthers. He was just outside of my top 10. Kirby Doc went thir- third overall to the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. And Shane Pinto, who was outside of the top 20 entirely and went to the uh, Ottawa Senators. So those are my three honorable mentions, and again, they were really close to my 10th overall pick uh, in the 2019 draft, but instead I opted for Philip Tomasino, the 24th overall pick of the 2019 draft, makes his way into the top 10, it was a pick of the Nashville Predators' And to me, he's shown all the different elements that I like to see from a center. Um, he carries the puck in transition extremely well. He's got a d- decently big body with uh, physical attributes that should help him fend off checkers and and make his way through defenses easily. Um, him and Shane Pinto share a lot of uh, attributes. I just think of Tomasino's playmaking game um, is, is higher end than, than Pinto's. Pinto's definitely has a better shot. But uh, for me, what you're looking for from your center is to connect plays from wingers to defenders and and vice versa. So in that sense, I see Tomasino as a more projectable center uh, than Pinto, even though Pinto has more than enough uh, attributes in that sense. And I feel like Tomasino's game, is, especially physically, is a lot more projectable than Kirby Dock's. Doc does tend to struggle in board battles still. I've watched a lot of his games for the Habs, and there are some improvements, definitely. He's he's sort of shown signs of being a special player, but for me, Tomasino just edges him out. So that's my 10th overall pick. At 9th overall, I've got the 16th overall pick of the 2019 draft from the Colorado Avalanche, and that's Alex Newhook. Newhook, to me, has... Just grown with each year, and he was already someone I was really high in in his draft year. I had him in my top ten heading into the draft, and. The fact that he slipped to 16 was pretty surprising to me. He has a lot of very decent attributes. He's got intensity. He's got pace. He plays with a lot of energy. Uh, He can do a bit of everything. Great shot. Great playmaking. He's just a very well-rounded and versatile forward with um, one or two really high-end attributes that should uh, help him become a very decent top six contributor on a team as good as the Avalanche. So... Um, I've been extremely impressed with Alex Newhook and he should continue to develop his game and earn opportunities down the line. Um, right now he's not getting all the chances that he could with the amount of talent that's on the avalanche. But, um, as soon as that core ages out, I mean, Alex Newhook is nested in line to be a top line player for me. Um, he's really that good, that energetic, that tremendous of a skater. I mean, he's got so many attributes that you, you just, one of them's bound to hit and hit majorly. So I'm I'm betting on Newhook's upside here at nine, ninth overall if if you know I'm selecting in that range regardless of the team he's on you always need centers like him on your team um so yeah he cracks the top 10 as well my 8th overall pick just edging out Alex Newhook is the 7th overall pick of the 2019 draft uh from the Buffalo Sabres and that's uh Dylan Cousins So cousins to me uh, has sort of more or less stagnated, but has of recently shown a bit of progression that makes me sort of, um, you know, excited to 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 select him within the top eight. Uh, For for me, he's got the physical frame and the, the skating attributes that I like from a center. Um, but he's added some board play, which is really impressive. He's added um, some ability to cut to the inside and in possession, you know, when carrying off the rush. Uh, he's good on one-touch plays as well. For me, Cousins just shows a lot of the elements that you, you want from a play-driving center in the top six, and for me it's just a matter of time before he does that with the Buffalo Savers. He's already on the road to that. I don't think he edges out Tage Thompson just yet, but... Um, you know, he could very well be the the second line center for the Sabres and the, having a one-two punch of Tage Thompson and Dylan Cousins would be something else in Buffalo. I mean, they've got a really good young core and, and it's it's heading in the right direction. So, you know, I was surprised with how, how well Cousins developed. I was a bit lower on him in his draft year, but he's shown some really good promise and I've been impressed with him. After Dylan Cousins at eight, I've got the seventh overall pick, who was actually the second overall pick in the original 2019 draft, and that's Kapo Kako of the New York Rangers. Kako hasn't developed the way that people hoped he would. I mean, his production in his draft year in Finland was absolutely tremendous. Um, it was one of the, the highest uh, point-per-game rates for a draft-year player in a, in a men's league in, in Finland, you know, in, in recent memory, so... I was a bit surprised to see him sort of develop this poorly. I think the issue with him is he's, he isn't dictating play as much as he should. He's sort of uh feeding off his line mates and also the Rangers are kind of uh limiting his opportunities. He's not getting chances with say Mika Zibanejad or uh Chris Kreider or any of those top-end players that they have. He's mostly been playing, you know, bottom six minutes, but um he hasn't earned more than that and he hasn't impressed his coaches as you know enough to be able to play in those top-end roles, so it's it's also on him a bit, but I think Kako is kind of limited at this point. I still think he's got a gear that he could reach in a year or two, which which could make this look foolish. But for me, he's my se- seventh overall pick. Moving on from Kako, I've got my sixth overall pick here, the fourth overall pick in the original 2019 draft of the um, Colorado Avalanche, and that's Bowen Byram. For me, Byram, the way that he played in May and in June in, in the playoffs for, uh, for Colorado was absolutely tremendous. And I saw sort of the upside with Byron that would would indicate to me that he could be you know he could be flirting with that top five again in a redraft there are obviously some players ahead of him that I value more in terms of skill set but Byron is ex- Byron is extremely dependable extremely solid in his own end uh, and on top of that he's got one of the best transition games uh, among defenders uh, among young defenders at the very least in the NHL so definitely a no-brainer in this range. Uh, then at fifth overall, I've got uh, Matt Boldy, who was actually selected 12th by the Wild uh, in 2019. Boldy, to me, has grown into a bona fide uh, power forward an uh, insane playmaking touch. In many ways, he reminds me of, of Uri Slavkovsky and what Slavkovsky could become. Um, but Boldy has that added element of just being able to to check his surroundings and and mental you know create a mental map of his of his environment when he's in the offensive zone. Constantly, he seems always aware of what's going on around him. He doesn't seem out of place at all. Um, he's just a very very solid uh, winger and could become a top line player for years to come for the the Minnesota Wild. Uh, the two players I've got ahead of him were sort of in that range for me and that kind of you know flirting with top line and and, and elite status uh, type of players. So moving on from Boldy, my fourth overall pick from the Montreal Canadiens, Cole Caulfield. He was selected 15th overall for the obvious reason of, you know, being five, seven and 160 pounds and every level he's played at, he's been able to score. Um, and that hasn't changed so far. There were questions when he started struggling under Dominique Ducharme uh, in his, in his rookie season in the NHL, but Man, he's taken off, and he's taken off majorly. He's one of the leaders on Montreal uh, in terms of of play and in terms of production on, on a nightly basis, so... Really impressed with Caulfield. He's my fourth pick. At third overall, I've got Trevor Zegers of the Anaheim Ducks. He was selected ninth overall in 2019. And since then, he's only shown more and more um, sort of inklings of an elite player. He's always had that elite playmaking, that elite um, you know offensive drive. But there were questions about his dependability in his own zone. It's still an issue, more or less. But he's so good offensively that it really compensates for it. And then at second overall from the Detroit Red Wings, their sixth overall pick, who we discussed in detail last episode, Moritz Sider. For me, Sider is not only the best defenseman of this class, he's flirting with the top prospect from this very deep uh, NHL draft class, just tremendous defensively, tremendous physically. On top of that, he's one of the most shifty and elusive uh, defensemen with the puck. Um, for his size especially, that's extremely impressive, so he's up there, and then finally at first overall, the player who was actually drafted first overall in 2019 from the New Jersey Devils, Jack Hughes. Hughes to me is the best prospect in this class, not by a far margin, but by a decent enough margin that he's not going to get budged out of first overall uh, unless another prospect Um, just blows him out of the water in the next few years. He's just a tremendous puck carrier. He's one of the the best, if not the best, transition centers in the NHL. Dependable in his own zone. He can find seams effortlessly. He's got a decent enough shot that he can be a threat from the half wall. I mean, he's got everything you're looking at from a center, from an elite center, and he's looking the part so far for the Devils, who are currently one of the best teams in the NHL, surprisingly. So that is the top 10. Uh, now, we're going to go ahead and talk uh, WHL prospects with Derek Newmeyer. We're going to start with the 2023 NHL draft classes uh, forwards uh, right after these messages. you just got to try Built Bar's new reimagined flavors. They've got cookie dough toppers, coconut brownie bars and toppers. They've got white chocolate peppermint granola, which is Built Bar's minty take on a granola bar. And they've got my personal favorite, which is candy cane brownie puffs. Uh, So they've got a candy cane flavored one, which I really like. Um, This stuff tastes amazing, really. These are the most delicious protein products ever built. Get it? Built. See what it? Never mind. 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein shockingly low on sugar and only 130 calories seriously this is awesome stuff it tastes great it's perfect for an after workout energy refill um after a game of shinny when you don't have the time to cook a full meal uh it's like an on-the-go fine dining experience so see for yourself get 15 percent off your order right now using code locked on 15 at built.com against that that's locked on five at built.com built you've got to try this all right, so I've got a very special guest for you here. He's the assistant director of scouting and the senior West regional scout at McKean's Hockey. It's Derek Newmeyer. Say, how did the people, Derek? Hey, people, how's it going? <laughs> Perfect. So, uh, just uh, talk a bit about what your role is with with McKeen's and, and you know how it's been working for them so far.
1: Yeah, it's been going great. Uh, so, for those who don't know, I was with FC Hockey for uh, a few years before joining McKeen's this past summer. So, you know, I'm still in in some ways growing into my role, still kind of figuring out how everything works and getting to know the team. But I'm basically, I kind of paint myself as the right hand man to Brock Otten, who is the director of scouting with McKean's. He's kind of the head honcho. Everything kind of runs through him. And it's been great working with him so far. I've been learning a lot working with Brock. He is a wealth of knowledge uh, in the scouting world, especially uh, the OHL, where he is, uh, that's kind of his region. So I'm trying to do my best just to stay on top primarily of the Western region. So I still do a lot of scouting as the assistant director of scouting because, you know, I need to see the top guys from other regions. You know, I've watched Leo Carlson, Matt Vangichkov, you know, Dalvor Dvorsky, I've seen him a few times. I'm trying to see all the top guys Mm -hmm. from other places as well. But my primary focus is the West and working with the other West scouts to make sure that we really have that region, you know, fully under wraps.
0: Perfect. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, this is the year to get into the dub, right? I think that, you know, there's no other league so far. This had the the wealth of prospects for the 2023 draft that the dub has shown. Um, so let's get right into it. I just wanted to ask you first who your top three is so far in the WHL. Well, the top, the top guy is, you
1: know, kind of obvious, you know, yeah. you could find people who don't even follow hockey, who know that Connor Bedard, is the top guy for mm-hmm. this draft class. You know, he has lived up to the hype. You know, even going back to last season, going back to the season before, you know, this guy has been every bit as good as advertised. Mm-hmm. And he's made real notable progress this season as well. You know, he's just lighting the lamp with ease. You know, defenses can't contain him especially on the power play when he's got a little bit of room to operate. He's absolutely lethal. Mm-hmm. And I really have like the progress I've seen out of his game so far this season. Yeah. Last, last year I had some question marks about, about the size and skating combination. You know, there's so, there's so much importance put on spacing mm-hmm. in hockey. You know, the ability to create space as an offensive player. You look at someone like Connor McDavid as, as the prime example, the way he's able to create space with his skating is unparalleled. You know, Bedard, there were times last year where he'd get bottled up a little bit. You know, it was easy enough for defenders to take away his space, but he's made real notable progress this season at, you know, using his hands and his quickness and his awareness to open up room for himself. You know, he's getting a lot more time and space to not just, you know, unleash that lethal shot of his, but also to, you know, work as a playmaker and make his teammates around him better. And he's been very dynamic about that. You know, he's, he's really added a step to his skating and he's making his reads and decisions a lot quicker as well. And the results have been very, very impressive. And he's certainly making himself look even more projectable yep. as a dynamic scoring threat in the NHL than he did before, which is, which is kind of crazy to think about.
0: No, oh, for sure. And what, what is he at 17 points in his last five games? Uh, I think count- so,
1: something like that. Yeah. It's, it's honestly hard to keep track because <laughs> yeah. he's just all over the score sheet consistently. Mm-hmm. And he makes it look so easy too, you know. It just seems like every time he touches the puck, there's that electricity in the air that mm-hmm. something's going to happen with it. You know, he's not afraid to, to shoot like at whim. You know, he's willing to shoot from all over the ice and he's good at it. You know, he can score from distance. Yep. So, yeah, it's, it's easy enough to see why... Those points are coming for him so easily, and it's incredible because he's not exactly on a stacked team either. I mean, there nope. are some good pieces around him in Regina, but it, that's not an all-star team by any means. So, mm-hmm. most of their offense, the vast majority of their offense, is coming through his stick, which is mm-hmm. you know pretty crazy to see for a
0: seventeen-year-old in that league, for sure. And uh, who are the two um, the, the sort of runner-ups to Connor Bedard in the WHL for you so far? You know, for for a while I would have said
1: Braden Jager was the clear cut guy at number two. And mm-hmm. for me, right now, he is. He's still second, I would say, but that competition for third is getting real, real tight. So I'll talk about Jaeger first. And you know, there's just a lot of like a lot to like about Jaeger. He's got a very projectable upside. Mm-hmm. You know, he play he's a true center. You know, he's playing as the number one center in Moose Jaw right now, you know, taking tons of face-offs, playing in all situations. You know, he's the top guy that defenses on other teams are trying to shut down and he's still finding a way to you know, produce offense and be an impact player. Yeah. He's got a very high end shot, you know, not quite Bedard level, but it's really, it's right up there, you know, maybe like an eight out of 10 or a nine out of 10, if you wanted to rate it, I you sure know, you. really dangerous score, had a nice goal last night. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he might not be the most dynamic player. I don't think he, his offensive vision and playmaking are quite high end as a skater. He's not high end. You know, his size and strength, they're kind of kind of in the middle of the pack. You know, he's not the biggest guy. But mm-hmm. I really like his hockey sense and his versatility. You know, he's, he's another one of those guys that just kind of shows up every night, consistently puts up points. I really like the offensive upside and the general upside to him as a player. I think he could be one of those, like, 30-goal, 30 30-assist 30 players in the NHL. Yeah. You know, maybe not a true superstar, but I, I see maybe like a Bo Horvat kind of guy mm-hmm. where the points are there consistently. But he's also able to touch – the game and a lot of other areas, you know, he could be a matchup center. He could be a penalty killer. He's a guy that you can rely on consistently shift over shift, which is really nice to see. Mm -hmm. So I like him a lot in that regard, but you know, there are some other players that are, that are making a push for, you know, that, that top 10 area from the West. Mm -hmm. So one of them is uh, Zach Benson, Mm
0: -hmm. who
1: is, I I still think he's a little bit of a wild card for this year, but I will say I like him a lot. I, but I just wonder how much I like him and how projectable it's going to be. So, but there's certainly a lot to like. You know, he's mm-hmm. a guy with exceptional hockey sense. You know, maybe even one of the smartest players in this entire draft class. Mm-hmm. You know, just the way he's able to read the play, the way he's able to find open space. The way he's able to think ahead of his opposition, it's all really, really high end. Mm-hmm. And a really, really skilled player when the puck is on a stick, you know, his puck control is incredible. His playmaking is incredible. You know, his, his, his one touch passing, his ability to catch and release, you know, the way he's able just to manipulate the puck through space and, you know, dig it out of skates is really, really high end. And sure. I, I, what, I, what I've loved about him maybe the most is just the pace that he plays at. You know, he's not the, naturally the fastest guy, you know, maybe not na- the most naturally athletic, but he just, his motor just never stops. You know, yeah. shift over shift, he's always involved in the play. He's always churning his feet. He's always applying that pressure on defenses, which I love to see, right? Because if mm-hmm. you take your foot off the gas, it just gives your opponents just a few extra seconds to, regroup and reset and get back into position. But Benson doesn't give them that he's always got his foot on the gas, you know, for a shorter guy who's not the greatest skater, his ability to forecheck is great. His back checking is really good. You know, he just, he just comes at you all the time and can pickpocket you and apply pressure and force turnovers you know, there's a lot to like there.
0: For sure. Uh, so we'll continue our discussion on some of the WHL's top fours for the 2023 draft. And we'll also talk about a couple forwards who have already been drafted and are still playing in the dub. Uh, we'll get right to it right after these messages all right so we're back with uh Derek Newmeyer from McKean's Hockey the Assistant Director of Scouting and Senior West Regional Scout uh, now there's a couple other forwards I wanted to mention uh, and, and have you sort of break down for me uh, on this episode in terms of the 2023 eligibles then we'll head into some drafted prospects um first I was talking to a couple scouts and and some are very very high on Andrew Crystal I've heard some say that um he's the second best WHL draft eligible uh, to come out of, of that league so uh, what What's your thoughts on that i'm a big crystal guy uh he is
1: absolutely on a tear right now he is skyrocketing up not just my personal list but i think a lot of other people's as well because yep. you just you can't deny the impact that he's having you mm-hmm. know he's certainly a guy who's pushing for that top 10 range i don't have him ahead of Jagger and benson right now but he is nipping at their heels right he's right there and I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the season, I like Crystal more. I just want to do a little bit more digging on it because he doesn't ha- quite have you know the same pedigree as those other two, but yeah. Andrew Crystal's great. I mean, he is just such a dynamic player. You know, I talked about the motor and the pace that Zach Benson plays with, you know, that's even better with Crystal. He's mm-hmm. just, he's just so electric when he gets the puck on his stick, you know, his, his feet move so quickly. He's able to weave in and out of traffic so well. Mm-hmm. He's got that, incredible ability with with the puck on a stick where you never quite know what he's going to do with it he can really keep you guessing the way he's able to find his teammates is really really high end Mm -hmm. you know that that Kelowna team's not very deep you know they don't have a whole ton of offensive firepower but Crystal is generating a ton of offense a ton of points and it's all kind of going through his stick you know, he is the engine that is making the offense on that team move. Yeah. And, you know, as more and more teams are starting to zone in on him as the guy that they need to shut down because he's their most dangerous weapon. And it's not working. Like, he's still finding time and space to, to create. And he's still being able to beat opposing defenses just because he's out thinking them. He's out hustling them.
0: Yeah. And, you know, he
1: can he can thread pucks through the smallest of spaces. You know, he's, he's really good as a scorer in tight too. You know, he's more of a playmaker. A Mm -hmm. bit of a pass-first kind of guy, but he's a dangerous shooter when he gets a little bit of time and space, you know? He's very accurate with that shot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I really like what he brings. You know, he's great on the power play, but he might even be better at even strength. Mm -hmm. You know, when he's got that, you know, he's got his feet moving and he's going up the ice on the rush. You know, I think that might be when he's at his very best, his ability to weave, to go east-west instead of just north south. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you do worry a little bit about the size and everything, but the compete is really there. You know, he's not afraid to go into traffic. He's not afraid to fight for pucks along the wall. Mm -hmm. He's not always the most successful at it, Yeah, but I absolutely love how willing he is to battle and and try and win pucks back. And I think that's going to be something that really serves him well at the higher levels of hockey.
0: Moving on from, from Crystal, I just wanted to talk about two Prince George uh, Cougars forwards who will be going in this draft in Cohen, Zemer and Riley Hyde. Zemer right now leads Prince George in points. He's second in the dub. Riley Hyde is right behind him in points for, for Prince George. So who do you like better and why?
1: Uh, it's, it's funny that you mentioned both of them together here because they complement each other really well. Yep. They become, you know, a dynamic duo for Prince George this season. And they're, you know, they're top two forwards and they're generating the bulk of their offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like height more between the two and I'll, and I'll get into that, uh, as to why. Mm-hmm. So height, you know, he's a center. Uh, he's a better skater than Zemer. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's necessarily a high end skater, but he's really quick. You know, he's, he's got a good motor. He's elusive. You know, he's got good edge work and good balance. You know, he's another pass first forward who doesn't have a ton of size out of the West, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Those guys are certainly high value too. Mm-hmm. Um, really effective on the power play. That's absolutely where he does his best work. Mm-hmm. You know, from the wall, he just sees the whole zone so well. You know, he's really responsible with his puck. But what I, what I liked about him this year is, is he's improved his two-way game a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's really, you know... Uh, coming into his own as in the center position. He's looking a lot more comfortable playing in all kinds of situations for Prince George. I like his defensive Mm -hmm. effort and his defensive details a lot better. You know, I don't think he's ever going to be like a big time penalty killer or anything like that, but I do Mm -hmm. like that. He's not going to be a defensive liability. I think he's going to be able to stay as a center at the NHL level and hold his own defensively, which is important for that position. You know, I don't know. I don't know if he's necessarily the best shooter. He's, I'd say, he's more of a pass first guy. He'll score the Mm -hmm. odd goal here or there, but he's definitely a playmaking center. Uh, But that works in Prince George because Zemer is kind of the opposite. He's he's a true finisher, uh, and obviously one of the better goal scorers in the WHL right now. You know, Mm -hmm. he's got great hands and a great shot, and the two work in conjunction really, really well. You know, he's able Mm -hmm. to manipulate the puck in the tightest of spaces just to kind of pull himself into better shooting positions, which is really nice. You know, he's able to dig the puck out of his skates or, you know, kind of maneuver it just a little bit to shoot it through an opponent's uh, feet or underneath the stick. You know, he's able to Mm -hmm. find just those tight little areas to get that shot through, which is huge. Mm -hmm. And it's great for him because his shot's a, a big time weapon. You know, it gets a lot of power and a lot of accuracy behind it. You know, his one-timer is pretty good, too. But I think his wrist shot is really that bread and butter. You know, if you just give For him sure. just a step or two of too much space and a second to kind of get the puck exactly how he wants to release it, you know, that's that's going top corner. That's going you know, through the five hole. It's really mm-hmm. impressive how how he's grown as a shooter. You know, he scored 30 goals last year as well. But, like, he's still getting better. He's still finding new ways to score goals, which is nice. Yep. I, I do I do wonder a little bit about the projection with Ziemer. I, I don't really like his skating. He's kind of a, okay. a bit of a plodding skater. He doesn't get a lot of extension out of his stride. His agility is a little stiff. So okay. I think that might hurt him a little bit at the NHL level. I still think he's a very projectable player overall. I see mm-hmm. him maybe as like a, a second-line winger, maybe top power player, second-unit power play kind of guy. Someone who scores, you know, 20 or 30 goals in NHL pretty regularly, but maybe doesn't drive the line, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. doesn't bring a lot um, in other areas of the ice. You know, he doesn't play center. I don't think he's necessarily a good defensive player. I don't think he'll ever be a penalty killer, but that's okay, Mm -hmm. you know, because he's good enough in the areas where he is good that he's going to be able to carve out a niche as one of those, you know, true scoring forwards.
0: For sure. Um, So just a quick word here on a couple more uh, centers from the dub uh, in Samuel Honzak for the Vancouver Giants and uh, who I know is one of your personal favorites, uh, Nate Danielson.
1: Yeah. So so right now, Honzak's been he's been playing wing uh, this season, Mm -hmm. but I do think he's got upside as a center. He's played center at at different levels and internationally and stuff like that. So I I do think there, there is long-term upside for him as a center. And he's a guy who's, who's really grown on me a lot this season. You know, I watched him a little bit before he came into the dub. Didn't really see anything that was, that really caught my eye, but watching him closely this year, he's, he's growing on me a lot. He's got a lot of runway to his development is the way I like to describe it. You know, he's a big guy. He's a smooth mover. He was a good skater He's he's good with his hands. His his puck control is clean, and he's he's showing a lot of progress in the way he sees the ice, and his decision making, and the way he's adapting to the WHL. He's a guy who's made Mm -hmm. a lot of progress, and he's still getting better and better. I think he's going to be a guy that will draw a lot of attention from teams because I don't think he's close to scratching his ceiling yet. Yeah, you know, he's still filling into his frame. He looks a little skinny out there at times. And, you know, there's still a lot to learn about North American hockey coming, you know, over from Slovakia. But I really like the upside there. There's just a lot of very projectable tools. And overall, when you kind of look at the complete package as a, as a center who could, you know, who skates well, who can use a dual threat as both a shooter and a playmaker, you know, who, yep. who's able to transition the puck up the ice with it on a stick. You know, I, I like him a lot. And I think his skating is going to improve a lot, too. Danielson's a bit of a wild card for me. I, I just love the raw upside to him. You know, he's just a, a really powerful skater. When he really gets going up the ice, he's got those long strides. He's a really athletic kid. You know, he's able to really be dangerous uh, moving north-south. He, mm-hmm. he still needs to work on his ability to go east-west. He's more of like a straight-line guy. But those guys mm-hmm. are important, too. You know, if you can burst through the neutral, zoo, neutral zone, get behind defenses – and kind of you know gain zone entries that way. I think that's really important too. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I feel like he's almost under the radar a little bit because of his environment. Because Brandon's not a great team this year. You know, they really don't have a lot of offensive weapons, everything kind of has to go through him.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: I like how he's handling it, you know. He he's having to go up against the top defenses and other teams, and he's not scoring a whole ton, not as much as someone like Andrew Crystal is in a similar scenario. But he's doing yeah. a lot of damage too. You know, he's being a guy who can who can generate a few offensive chances per game. But mm-hmm. the real the real value of Danielson is not as a pure offensive guy. I really like the two way upside with him. You know, I think mm-hmm. he's going to be a guy who could be a top penalty killer in the NHL. He could be a true uh, matchup center. You know, similar to how we're talking about with Jaeger, right? I see a guy mm-hmm. who can touch the game in a lot of different ways you know he's a right-handed shot which adds that little bit of extra value as a center so i think Mm -hmm. he's a guy who's gonna still grow and learn a lot once he just fully gets a better understanding of how he can use his tools to generate offense
0: for, for today, that's going to be it. What we're going to do is we're going to come back for a second episode tomorrow. Uh, we're going to have Derek back to discuss the 2023 NHL drafts uh, defenseman from the WHL. There's a lot of value there. And we'll talk through some draft prospects as well. Um, now, Derek, just uh, tell the people where they can find you in general.
1: Yeah, right now. And well, for the time being anyways, on Twitter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Twitter's still a thing. Uh, yeah, so I'm, <laughs> it, my handle is uh, at Derek underscore N underscore NHL. You know, that's my main place to find me. You know, you can find my work on the McKean's website, which is we're starting to get our, our writing really ramped up. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll have that and we'll have our draft guide at the end of the year as well as some other publications. So the main place okay. right now is Twitter. But, you yeah, subscribe to McKean's and, you know, get access to all of our awesome draft content too.
0: Fantastic. Uh, so yeah, just tune in tomorrow. We'll have some more from Derek. And uh, if you like what you're uh, listening to right now, make sure to like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. This has been Hattie Kalakash with Derek Newmeyer, and we will see you next time.